live from Southern California, this is the Jim Rome Show. Hate to pile on. Hate to dump any salt into that wound. Not looking to, but if you thought that it was going to get any better this morning, think again. That jungle juice hangover may finally be gone. Your mind might finally be clearing up. However, even if you did finally rinse all that Crisco out of your clothing, you got a brand new headache now. You got a brand new headache. The brand new headache being, it's official, your stud offensive coordinator is now the new head coach of the Colts. Shane Steichen is the new main man in Indy. And Philly fan, I think we're going to be on the same page with this one because my reaction is going to be the exact same reaction as yours. Reaction being, no! Now, we might be having the same reaction for different reasons, but we are having the same reaction. Jim Irsay finally made a decision bringing the longest and most painstaking coaching search ever to a close. A coaching search that took longer and was even more painstaking than listening to Jim Ursay try to speak. I don't know how to make sausage. I don't know what goes into sausage. But I do know how to build a football team. Uh, okay. A coaching search that really should have started the very second that Ursay named that flapjack-flipping, high school-coaching, hot-take-having, talking head as his interim coach back in November. And I got to admit, I am pretty stunned to see the coach Wednesday did not get the full-time gig. <laughs> love to see it. Love to see it. Yeah, except that I don't love to see it. In fact, I hate to see it. Because there was talk for a time that he was the leading candidate. I got my hopes up. Like, this could really happen. Now, don't get it twisted. Let me be very clear about this. This hire is great for Team Indianapolis Colts. I love the hire for the Colts. I just hate the hire for my favorite team, Team Content. The Eagles just took a truly heartbreaking and devastating loss on Sunday. However, to me, the loss for Team Content hurts way, way worse. This will stick to me Longer than that Super Bowl loss will stick to them. Yes, I said it. You know why I said it? I believe it. I mean it. Listen, there's a lot to like about this guy. There's a lot to like about this hire. This dude's got two massive success stories. I mean, at minimum. But two massive success stories on his resume in his first three years as a full-time coordinator. I mean, you want to talk about a meteoric rise. This guy was a quality control coach not that long ago. But he's got Justin Herbert's record-setting rookie breakout season on his resume. And now he's got Jalen Hurts, who I've got a lot more on later on. He's got Jalen Hurts' amazing rise to MVP candidate status. Anybody who watched the Eagles offense this year understands that this guy can scheme up some scores and coach up a quarterback. Of course, the Colts don't actually have a quarterback to coach up, but they will. And that's one of the bright young minds in the game and the guy that you want to develop 
and coach, whoever they do get in the draft. And they should get somebody talented in the draft. It's a pretty good draft for quarterbacks. That's one of the biggest reasons you hire this guy. It's a quarterback-driven league. The Colts have had no long-term stability or consistency at that position in years. And now they're in position to potentially draft a franchise quarterback, so you want to make sure you've got the right head coach who can develop that franchise quarterback. Time will tell, but right now I'm a huge fan of the hire for Team Colts. But there is a part of me that, while I do love that hire for them, if I'm being real, there's a big part of me that hates that hire. Because as much as I like the Colts, I like me even more. In fact, if I'm being real, I am my favorite guy. I'm like my favorite person. I think I like me more than anybody I've ever met. So, I don't want to make it about me, but let's make it about me. The hell am I going to do now? We had the perfect setup for team content. So, while they are getting a really good young coach, the rest of us, starting with me, lost an icon because they had the perfect cover for a news dump to hire the flipper behind the Super Bowl. And then my man, Jim Irsay, who I love, could have come out for a presser this week and then doubled down on Coach Thursday being the next Don Shula. Yes, there's a maturation curve. Shula was 32 years old. He had three nondescript years with the Detroit Lions before he took over the reins in 1963. No, the game is not different. So, no, my dude will never top that. And don't get me wrong. Like, I'm happy we'll be getting another intro oppressor. How can that not be a good thing? That's always a good thing. But we have to know it's not going to get better than the absolute classic seminal performance back in November. Even if he tries to call Shane the next Bill Walsh. Bill Walsh. Check that. What I meant to say was, Bill Walsh. Bill Walsh. Even if he starts talking about all the UFOs that are getting shot down and the FBI and the CIA. You operate like the CIA. And operate like the sausage. I don't know how to make sausage. Or sing like Pink Floyd. We all know it's never going to get better than Coach Wednesday and Jim Irsay daring us to bet against the hot take having pancake flipping high school coaching icon. Love to see that, but absolutely hate to see it end. I know all good things come to an end. The problem with that is this was the best thing. The best thing isn't supposed to come to an end. It's the best thing. You should be very clear about this too. Just don't try to sell me this garbage. garbage. My man Jim Ursay, who I love, was somehow playing 4D chess all along. That he was actually eight moves ahead of the rest of us. That he only drafted, check that, hired Don Shula Jr. in order to tank for a draft pick. That he knew it would never work. Yet lose me with that. Miss me with that. Do not at me with that. 
We're talking about the same owner who dared us to bet against Coach Friday. The same owner who compared that coach to Don Shula. The same owner who spiked the ball on Twitter after Coach Tuesday won his first game. When we make moves to win, you act so righteous. Who you crapping? Just win, baby. Remember that? Remember how awesome that was? So miss me with this nonsense about him playing 4D chess. Jim Irsay badly wanted this to work and legitimately believed that it would work. And that's why it's exactly why it's so freaking hilarious. So anybody who tries to credit him with some kind of 4D chess strategy is giving this dude way too much benefit of the doubt when he doesn't deserve that. The only logical explanation for this hiring and snubbing of Coach Tuesday is that Chris Boward finally got to Ursay and made a convincing argument. Well, Boward or somebody else in Ursay's life. Any of the anybody else begging him, could be anybody, trying to make the flapjack flipping, hot take having, talking head permanent. Somebody talked him off that point. Somebody managed to get through. And to that person, I have one question. Why? 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 Why do you got to ruin something so perfect? Why couldn't you have just left that heater-ripping, classic rock-covering, Colts-owning, wild man B? He was fine. He was better than fine. Why could you not let him just have the coach that he wanted. Is that too much to ask? Whoever you are that managed to get this guy off of Jeff Saturday, you are dead to me. Guys, keep yourself tight and feeling confident with new and improved Dove Men Plus Care Antiperspirant, reformulated with 72-hour sweat and odor protection and one-quarter moisturizing cream. Stop worrying about your underarms so you can be present for the moments that matter. Do not let underarm insecurities keep you at arm's distance from the ones you care about. Buy new and improved Dove Men Plus Care Antiperspirant with 72-hour sweat and odor protection wherever personal care products are sold. Colts fan may owe you a massive debt of gratitude. You should also get inducted into the Colts ring of honor for that. But me, on the other hand, I will never forgive you. Thanks for nothing. Our best hope now is that Ursay somehow got confused and hired the wrong guy. Because we haven't really talked about this at all, but Shane and Eagles defense coordinator Jonathan Gannon, these dudes look like identical twins. I mean, you want to talk about separated at birth. Have these two dudes ever been in the same room at the same time? If you DeMar Hamlin clone conspiracy theorists want a real clone conspiracy theory, you miss the fact that Philly's coordinators look exactly like one another. These dudes easily could not only pass for brothers, but identical twins. Brother. So you never know. Maybe Ursay shows up to the intro... The presser with the wrong guy. Otherwise, I have to admit, Indy somehow looks like they found the right guy. It took forever, but they did get themselves a very impressive young coach. But, again, a young coach who is not Jeff Saturday. So I'm going to say, and of course there is a conflict of interest, they're worried about them, I'm worried about me. But that is a really nice dub, I think, for Team Colts. 
However, one of the most devastating losses for team content. And if I'm being honest, the whole thing, frankly, has me a bit numb. Goodbye, goodbye, goodbye. Is there anybody in Indy? Threw away multiple weeks worth of content from my show. Come on, come on. Now we stop thinking of just your stinking team. Like I could have ever pulled this off. Hard drugs. <laughs> Love to see it. Basically jerks. My head completely hurts. Can I, can I go home? You know, and I never even liked Pink Floyd before this all went down. Now I do. Hey, Chuck, you got any dope? Can we get baked? Hello? Come on. Come on! Come they got on. their guy. I didn't get my guy, but they got their guy. 1-800-636-8686. Got to give it to the Colts. How about the Colts opening another show? Leading another jungle show. Got to love it. Got to love it. They got their guy. It took a long time. They got their guy. All right, so congrats. I didn't get my guy, but they got theirs. And bottom line, good hire. Time will tell. But I think they got a very good young coach. And it's going to fit a need. Now they need to find a very good young quarterback for that very good young coach to develop. What's better than watching the NBA action? Being a part of it with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA, you can tap into all the excitement with the click of a button. New customers can place 5 bucks on any pregame money line bet and get 150 bucks in bonus bets if your team wins. Plus, all new and existing customers can take a shot at an even bigger payout with DraftKings stepped-up same-game parlays. Boost your NBA winnings with each leg that you add up to 100%. Same game parlay is so fun, and it's a good way to get paid. So download the app right now. Sign up with the code Rome R-O-M-E. New customers can place 5 bucks on any pregame money line bet and get $150 in bonus bets if your team wins. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook with the code Rome R-O-M-E. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions do apply. See show notes for details. We are joined by Matt Judon. Matt, great to have you on. How are you? Good, good. How you doing, Jim? Good, dude. Good. Great to have you on. Appreciate you. So I mentioned you had an amazing individual year. I want to get to that in a minute, but I'd love to get a thought or two from you about the Super Bowl, Matt. You know, a lot of guys won't watch it if they're not playing in it. Did you watch the game? And if so, what were your biggest takeaways from the Chiefs coming back on Philly the way they did? I think uh, I did watch the game, and I think uh, the Chiefs' O-line uh, protected beautifully. They uh, kept Mahomes upright. He had a injured ankle or whatever coming into the game, and uh, he, he really wasn't touched. And uh, he could stand in there, deliver the ball, and uh, I think they also did a great job of just getting the ball out of his hands quick and uh, give it to the playmakers. And I also think uh, I also think that they was able to run the ball uh, 
as much as they wanted. They they went with more of the outside runs and the perimeter runs, and I think uh, it worked for them. Matt Judon joining us. I appreciate you breaking that down. I was going to get there, in fact, because, Matt, I'll get to this too, but you've kind of cracked the code on getting to the quarterback. You've never had an issue getting to the quarterback. You've gotten to the quarterback on every single level you've ever played on. And, you know, going to that game, Matt, that was the big conversation, right? That dominant D-line for Philly. They had 70 sacks, whether or not Casey could block them. As you point out, they did a really nice job, and Pat was able to get the ball out quickly. Let me ask you this. You weren't on the field, but do you think that the field, as bad as it was, as crappy as it was, did that have anything to do with Philly not being able to get to the quarterback? I think, uh, I mean, I think it it hindered both uh, D-lines. I think it was only one sack, and that was when uh, Jalen Hurts had ran out of bounds. Uh, But I, I, I do think it had something to play because when you can't get off as fast as you want to, and you got to kind of temper your runs. Uh, the offensive line already set, and they can uh, punch and they can set and kick. So it, I definitely think it had uh, a big, a big deal to play with both both D lines. Matt Judon joining us. Matt, one last thought about that game. Like when you think of Patrick Mahomes and his greatness. Generally, toughness and grit might not be the first things that come to mind, but after seeing this cat out there on one leg and doing it again, maybe we have to rethink that. How much respect do you have for this guy, their leader, not only being out there on one leg, it's one thing to put yourself out there, but another to be out there on one leg and making huge plays and leading his team back in the Super Bowl on one leg. How much do you respect that? Uh, I, I respect it a lot. I think uh, for Pat Mahomes, he came in so good, and he just continuously proved why he's so good. I think a lot of people, like, once you're very, that good, people kind of, like, overlook you or look by you. But he he finds ways and new ways to show how good he is and what type of player he is and why he he is who he is. And and I think until until he isn't that, until he doesn't have the arm talent, which I think is going to be another 15, 20 years, uh, I think he's probably going to be one of the best quarterbacks in this league uh, for a long time. Appreciate your thoughts on that game, Matt, and him. So you signed in New England as a free agent. Certainly you would have liked to have had more wins, but generally, generally, how has the New England experience been so far? How do you like living there, working there, and the Patriot way? Uh, I actually love everything about it. Uh, I love like the Boston kind of seaport uh, downtown area. Uh, and then I just like uh, like the camaraderie amongst like the teams. I was in uh, I was in Maryland uh, where they re- our next closest team was in DC, but uh, we get love from the uh, from the seas, from the uh, Bruins, uh, you know, from the rest like everybody out there show us love and uh and we do it we do it to them and we just support each other and i think uh i I really like that and i really like the town like but uh most importantly i love playing football so like the patriot way is my way like i like i like being in the building i enjoy the people around the building and i i really just like like being there so uh it's it's nothing. I be recruiting people, you know. I be trying to get them to come over there, come over there with me. So uh, because I really enjoy it, I wouldn't tell people to come do it if I really didn't enjoy it. 
Matt Judon joining us. So, Matt, what's your pitch? When you try to get with guys and say, hey, listen, you want to be a part of this, what do you tell them? What is your pitch? Uh, you know, it's it's different for every uh, different players. You know, uh, some people will be wanting want to hear about the pay. Some people will be wanting to hear about the uh, sceneries and the things that they can do with their family and the nightlife. And then, you know, some some be wanting about hear about the fun they can do. So, uh, you know, I got to I gotta taper it to who I'm talking to. I was going to say, you got to tailor your pitch. I see you working. Matt Judon joining us. As I mentioned, Matt, getting to the quarterback, I'm not saying that it's easy. It's not. But you've always had success doing it. Like, you've cracked the code. You had a huge year again getting to the quarterback. My question is this. How much of your past rushing success can be attributed to your God-given physical gifts? And then how much of it is technique, Film study and you know the unseen hours. I mean, I think uh, 99% of it is God given ability uh, and keeping me healthy and uh, everything that He's uh, provided in my life. But then, uh, you know, that that 1% is a huge percent because, you know, there's a lot of people that got that God given ability. But uh, when when I go in my off seasons and my workouts and my preparation, uh, I leave no stone unturned to where uh, that one percent that I have, uh, I maximize that to everything that I can do. And so you know when I'm when I'm doing like Pilates or riding a bike or or other stuff or crafting in the off season, and I take that and I, I implement that implement that into my game that's what allows me to get to the quarterback that's what makes me you know a little bit better or a little bit more uh ready for the moment and so uh with that i mean it's it's 99 and one but when you deep dive into that one percent is a huge percent because a lot of people don't take that one percent and maximize it Details, details. Matt Judon joining us for a few more moments. So, Matt, obviously it's a quarterback-driven league, and for the most part, they're going to get more credit than they probably deserve. Then they're going to get an inordinate, inordinate amount of heat when things don't go well. I think your guy Mac Jones is a really good example of that. A year ago, he was all the rage, the next big thing. Then the next season, it's like he's a, an alleged major bust. The guys in the locker room know best. You're with him every single day. Do you believe in him, and do you expect him to bounce back big next season? Uh, yeah, we believe in him. Uh, we believe uh, in what he can do, and we know the competitor that he is. And uh, that's that's the thing about playing quarterback. Uh, it's, it's a gift and a curse, right? You can uh, one, one moment be the best, you know, thing that – the newest best thing to the NFL then the and very next moment you could be terrible. And it's a week to week league and it's a year to year league. So uh we're gonna see what he do next next year. And uh, you know, one year don't define him, uh, but also his first year don't define him. We gotta see what he continuously uh does in this league and we gotta see how he improves uh from year to year. But uh in the locker room, we believe in Mac. We believe in his skills. We believe in what he can do. And we believe in his competitive nature. Matt, I think that's fascinating what you just said. Like, we don't really know what he is. I mean, we don't know if he's first year Mac or we don't know if he's second year. We don't know yet. He's got to prove that still yet. One more thought about him. Like, it's so easy for people on the outside, but I'm not even talking about, like, 
knuckleheads behind mics and talking heads. I'm talking about people who really matter, people who play the game at a high level. A guy like even Julian Edelman reading into the body language, the way he carried himself, and the way sometimes Mac had the frustration get the better of him. Do you have any issue with that? Because the quarterback is the guy that all eyes are on, or maybe, again, because you're in it. Could you understand why that young quarterback was so frustrated? Uh, I, I understand what Jules saying, but I, I feel like uh, Jules should just reach out to him and uh, give him some pointer. Uh, Jules that had very highs in his uh, career, and then he didn't have some lows. Uh, but just uh, I think that's just a veteran move to uh, to kind of just hide the emotion. And I think a lot of people, you know, uh, when you're getting a- Are you craving some protein after a good workout? Don't make a shake or eat a bar. Grab a bag of beef jerky from Old Trapper instead. Old Trapper beef jerky is tasty and tender. It's made with real strips of steak and quality spices that are smoked over a wood fire. And it goes wherever you go, to the game, to the gym, to the beach. Look for Old Trapper in the Clearview bag. You can see the quality you are buying. Look for it in major retail stores near you. And if you don't see it, ask for it by name because no other jerky compares Oh, Trapper, what's your beef? That's what we got here. This guy's kind of funny. Like, when this guy's right, he's right. And then when he's terrible, he's terrible. He's both those things, somehow. I'm talking about Brad in the 360, cycling degenerate. He's a volume shooter, so he does hit the target sometimes. He writes, Alvy is working a plan. It started during his unsanctioned two-week bender a few months back. And he's been deliberately tanking to bring the show down. He wants to get canned so he can retire to the robe and cigar life at Alvi's Grotto, a.k.a. his sex palace, so he can add to his progeny. Boom, mic drop. Brad in the 360, cycling degenerate. Hey, Brad, I know you want to style that shot, but you don't Boom, a mic drop yourself. That's up to me to do. You don't do it yourself. I mean, it was good. Way to send one good email out of your last 50 and then mic dropping yourself. And it wasn't that good. It was good. The problem with the email is Alvi can add to his progeny and does and will at his sex, at sex palace or his sex palace whenever he wants. He doesn't need to retire in order to do that. He already does that almost on the yearly. He doesn't need to retire to get nice and add to his progeny. I love that he's got a grotto, though. Alvi's grotto. I actually have one. I have a small grotto in my backyard, actually. It's not what it's cracked up to be at all. It's not a sex grotto. It's not like Hugh's grotto at the mansion, which I've never been to. You know, he used to always hit me up about that back in the day. Always. Anytime I had him on the air, he would hit me up like I had an in. Like I've never been. Hugh Douglas. Hugh Douglas should always be like, yo, Rome, what up, man? When are you going to get me in the mansion? I said, I'll tell you what, Hugh, the first time I go to the mansion, I'll get you into the mansion. How about that? I have no connections. I'm not wired for it. I'm built for it. I'm just not wired for it, if you know what I mean. 
Anyway, so I've got a grotto in my backyard. Very, very small grotto. It's more there for aesthetic reasons than practical reasons. It's too small to get into. I do not fit into the grotto, and I'm not a huge human being. It's more for aesthetics. You look at it. However, it is big enough for a rat. I've seen two T's. Multiple dead rats floating in the grotto. True story. So the closest, it's more, you know what it is? It's a rat trap more than a grotto. It's the nicest rat trap you've ever seen in your life. It's not one of those little old school rat traps in the garage with some disgusting poisonous cheese. It's a five-star rat trap. It's a rich guy's rat trap. I'm not a rich guy, but for a rat trap, it's the, I'll never forget like the landscape architect shows me the drawings of the backyard because we, we blew up the whole backyard in this house. And I'm like, dang, that looks like a, ra- uh, a grotto. He said, actually, what that is, Jim, is that that's a rat trap. I'm like, that's a rat trap? It looks like a little grotto. He's like, grotto? What, you and your family's going to get in that? I said, I was going to say, no. He goes, that's why it's not a grotto. It's a rat trap. The rat, because you have rats, dude. You have rats, and we can't kill them as quickly as they come in. The rat goes by and thinks, hey, it's a little paradise. It's, it's like a rat Caribbean. Let me invite all my little rat buddies. Come on over, rats, fellow rats. Found ourselves a little pool. What do they call those things? I was just, when I went down to the desert for Logan's baseball tournament, what do they call those little, help me out, Cindy, what do they call it, that, that hotel in the desert that's got the little river that flows through the hotel? You know, where everybody gets on the, the tourists get on the mats and they go down the little pool that's like a river. I cannot believe none of you know that. It's escaping my mind. Dodger Jana would pick me up on that. Anyway, that's like the rats. That's the rat version thereof. So... My idea of a grotto and the so-called, quote, robe and cigar life at Rome's grotto, it's Rome's robe and cigar life at the rat trap. Cody the Ragdoll legend and I go in the backyard. I fire up one of my cigars. I put on the robe. The cat and I cruise around the backyard to see what's up. We go to the so-called grotto, and there's a Big-ass rat floating around on its side. And it's happened more than once. Only thing that pissed me off more than that was coming back to this studio on Monday, first day after the row. Tommy's in first. I'm in second. Can't wait to sit down at my desk in my office. And what do I say? A big-ass cockroach. So... The grotto is, in fact, a rat trap. The office is, in fact, a cockroach strip. This is my life. This is my life. Yeah, I'd say he was really happy to see me, except he was on his back, dead. I was looking for the new guy, whoever that might be. 
or Cindy or somebody that we could try our little roach manila envelope trick on. But nobody was here <laughs> except Chalk, and that had already been done to him. Hey, Rome, now that you've acknowledged us, we would like to use this opening to congratulate our cousin and family member, Shane Steichen, on his brand new job. Regards the rat family. We're not doing that. We're not doing that. There is no rat family. Only a rat trap. My grotto. I don't like to, like, floss the backyard. Once in a while, I'll show you a picture of the backyard, but not fully. Mostly, you see the bocce court. This has never been used. I don't want to be up in here flossing my backyard, but we do have a grotto. And it makes no sense. I don't, like, I love my backyard. The guy who designed it did a great job, but the grotto doesn't make a hell of a lot of sense. Especially since there are rats floating in it all the time. Hey, Rome. There appears to be a rat in your grotto. What's he doing? Oh, the backstroke. <laughs> you know what it is? There's obviously poison in the backyard, and the rat gets the poison and ends up in the pool. Because it's not just the grotto. It's the pool, too. I'll come out of the Tower of Hate, the Tower of Power, after working out, and I'll go cold plunge, and I'm like, oh, yeah. Oh, there's a freaking rat in the pool. Sucks. Anyway, welcome to Rome's Backyard. That's how we get down. And a bocce ball court that I've never used and never will. That's the one thing. When I sell that house, I'll be able to say to the realtor, you tell them that bocce ball court is unused. It's brand new. It has no miles on it. You mean lightly used? No. Mint condition. Never touched. I don't even know where the cue ball is. I know a couple of my drunk buddies came over once and pulled a lemon out from our lemon tree and used that. Does that count? Guys, keep yourself tight and feeling confident with new and improved Dove Men Plus Care Antiperspirant, reformulated with 72-hour sweat and odor protection and one-quarter moisturizing cream. Stop worrying about your underarms so you can be present for the moments that matter. Do not let underarm insecurities keep you at arm's distance from the ones you care about. Buy new and improved Dove Men Plus Care Antiperspirant with 72-hour sweat and odor protection wherever personal care products are sold. All right, so I asked for Philly fan. I present to you, Philly fan. JD in Philly. JD, what's up? How are you? Well, well, um, we're surviving. You know, we lost the World Series. We lost the MLS Soccer Cup. Now we lost the Super Bowl, so the Sixers are on the clock. But we're not sweating losing Gannon because, you know, he choked on uh, twice on something called corn dog, a corner drag route. And the funny thing is, is it wasn't just twice in the Super Bowl, but Doug Peterson ran the exact same play against us, you know, and scored. You know, they actually got it from, from the Jacksonville Jaguars. Losing, losing station, well, we still have Jalen Hurts. You know, I don't know where the kid's ceiling is, but, you know, with that work ethic, you know, and his character, you know he's going to reach a ceiling. So we'll be okay. And it could be worse. It could be Frisco fan who doesn't have a quarterback. Oh, wait, you do have a quarterback coming to you, San Francisco, and it's none other than Peyton Manning, who is coming out to award the Mike Vanderjack Idiot Kicker Award to Robbie Gould, who said, just let you, Jason, just let 
Hurts play quarterback. Well, we saw how that turned out, didn't it? So, Frisco fan, you can go stomp on your sour grapes and make some nice red 40 winers, you know, the same color as the bruises we laid on you. Props to, props to Kansas City. You took us. Congratulations. You earned it. I'm out. Okay. Nobody looks good in that. Nobody comes out of that looking good in that, except KC. Wait, so you got beat on a play that wasn't their play because they stole that play. And we are joined right now via Zoom, no less, by Sky Moore. Sky, it's great to have you on. How are you? I'm doing great. How about yourself? Sky, I'm great. It's great to talk to you. Great to have you on. Listen, when I introduce you as a world champion, as a Super Bowl champion, you've got to know, you're a young guy, but you have to know, you will be introduced that way for the rest of your life. I don't mean for the rest of your playing days, but I mean literally for the rest of your life. So how you better get used to it. How does it sound to you, and how does it feel? It feels, you know, it feels special to me, and, it, you know, it got a great ring to it. I like, I'm liking to hear you say that. <laughs> I bet, man. Has it even sunk in yet? Uh, it kind of, it kind of really hasn't. I, I feel like tomorrow at the parade, you know, when I see the city react to it, it's gonna, it's gonna get more real. But it, sometimes, like when I woke up today and yesterday, it just, it just still don't feel, it still don't feel real. Scamboy joining us. Sky, take me through it. Like, for instance, if you work your whole life to get to that spot, there have been so many amazing players that never got anywhere near that game. As a player, man, what's it like when you do all the work, you get to the day, and you run through that tunnel, and you hit that field, and frankly, we could talk about the turf later on, but man, what's it like going through that tunnel and hitting the field for the first time in the Super Bowl? Can you even explain what that adrenaline is like? It's yeah, you can't you really can explain it. Like you just gotta it's something that you gotta feel. Like we got a lot of players on this team with experience in the Super Bowl and you know, they try to get you prepared for that, but you really can't prepare for you can't prepare somebody for that moment in, unless they're in there. So it's like you really gotta be there to understand like the feeling. Scott Moore joining us. So then you're into it, right? And if we start to break this down, Philadelphia dominates the first half in terms of time of possession. They've got that 10-point lead at halftime. I'm curious. You're right. You have a lot of guys that have been there before. What was the overall vibe like in the locker room at halftime? And what were guys telling each other? We were basically saying, like, don't leave anything in the tank. This is the last, this is our last 30 minutes. You know, if we, we got to switch our energy up. We felt like we weren't, we weren't ourselves in the first half. So we went and made the adjustments at halftime, came out with better energy, you know, better focus. And, and, and it led to the result. Sky Moore joining us. Sky, so what went through your mind when you saw Patrick Mahomes re-aggravate his ankle late in the second quarter and you see him limping off the field? Like, you know how tough this guy is, but it did not look good. What was the first thing you thought of when you saw that happen? Honestly, I I think I think I was uh I think I was in on the play where he where he started hard started limping off the field. And I really didn't think too much of it. I was like, no, there's no way he's coming out of this game. Like he he's gonna be cool. So I really me personally, I didn't have I didn't have any doubt that he was that he was gonna be okay. 
Scott, that's incredible, right? Like, you're not the only guy to say that. Like, you guys know him best. What is that? Like, is that a, a high threshold of pain, or is that something much deeper? Like, is this dude that competitive and that committed to his team and that committed to the cause that you knew there was no way he was coming out? Like, how did you know? Because it looked bad. Yeah, I just – yeah, it's just that. Like, he's committed. He's a true warrior, and can't, can't nobody take that from him. And it's, that's just something that he got inside of him since I've known him. And – and it's like there's too much on the line for him to just go out on on some on an ankle injury. And I knew, I knew for a hundred percent fact that he wasn't coming out. Scamboy joining somebody us. Somebody took him out the game. Right. He, okay. Sorry to interrupt you. Scamboy joining us. He was not coming out unless somebody took him out of the game. Man, who was gonna roll up on Patrick Mahomes? Like Andy Reid's a dude now, and he's gonna be an all-time great. Eric Bieniemy is great. We can talk about him in a minute. But who was gonna tell Pat that he was coming out of the Super Bowl? Anybody? Wasn't, nah, wasn't nobody gonna tell that man he was gonna come out the Super Bowl, man. Not Patrick Mahomes. You know what I love, that notion that you just said that he's a warrior. Like, if you look at Pat, you know he's amazing, right, with the arm talent and everything he can do. But, like, from a physical standpoint, whatever your definition of warrior or gladiator is, I mean, you got to admit, right, dude's not the biggest, dude's not the strongest, dude's not the fastest. But like you just said, it's what you have inside of a guy, right? If you look at him, you might not think gladiator, gladiator, but it's not about that, is it? Yeah, it's not. It has nothing to do with that. It got it got everything to do with what's between the ears and like your mindset. And if you be a, if you're around Pat long enough, you understand why he is who he is, and you understand the mindset that he brings every Sunday. Scott Moore joining us. He's a Super Bowl champ. So you played a big part in that comeback. You had that touchdown reception in the fourth quarter. Man, you were wide, wide open. Were you surprised to see that much grass? And can you take us through the play? What did you see? Yeah, so we went out there, and um, at the beginning of the play, I seen I seen uh, Pat. He called out. He called out the cover zero. So I knew it was a man to man. It was a man to man look, and that's exactly why we called the play. We we knew that they played a lot of man to man at that part of the field, and the, with this play, we we kind of played off of how like they they uh, they reacted to our motion. So. If they were passing our motions off, so I came, I came like I was going to run across the formation, like I did all game basically. And as soon as he snaps the ball, I go the other way. So, so that just gave the defense a, a different look, and they got kind of got confused right there. And yeah, I was, I was surprised. As soon as I like stuck my foot in the ground and went the other way, I saw nobody was out there. So I knew I was going to get that touchdown. All I had to do was catch the ball. Scamore joining us perfectly stated. We just played that back on CBS Sports Network, and you actually laid that out perfectly as we watched it. Even better, like not only are you now a part of Super Bowl history with that TD reception, but it was your first NFL touchdown. Like you never, ever forget your first NFL touchdown. What was it like then to do it on the biggest stage in the world? It just made it that much more special. You know, like I've been, I've been wanting to get a touchdown for 30 weeks, it seems like, but you know, it, it couldn't, it came at a bit at a better time, you know, at the biggest stage. It's worth the wait, man. It's worth the wait. The thing about waiting, waiting is you've got so many guys and so many weapons and so many options. And Pat's got so many guys to get the ball to. He does a real good job of spreading it around, but it had to be worth the wait. Scott, what about the turf? Was the turf as bad as everybody made it out to be? How would you describe it? Like, what was it like to be on that grass? 
It was just, it was just, yeah, it was kind of slippery. It wasn't, it wasn't too, too bad. Cause like we played there before in uh, week one. So I remember, I remember us having a little bit of struggles in week one. Just, it wasn't like the, the greatest turf or it was, it was grass. It wasn't the, the, the greatest grass to, you know, do with, do all the cutting and running routes and everything on. But it wasn't, it wasn't, too, it wasn't too bad, but you definitely had to put your, put, put your, uh, put your mind to it when you make the change of direction moves. At least you know where you're going. The defense doesn't. At least you know where you're going. Scott Moore joining us. Right. Let, me, let me ask you something. As it starts to sink in, how surreal is it to think that your mom posted a pic on social media 12 years ago with the caption, NFL player in the making? Reporters came across this last week. Mom's called her shot, but obviously it runs so much deeper. Like not only NFL player in the making, but now world champion in the making. What is her never-ending belief in you and the overall yeah. sacrifices that she made for you? What does that represent to you? And would you would you and I be having that conversation right now if not for all that? Nah, yeah. Without without my mom and and really my 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 whole support system between like my mom, my dad, and my grandmas. Without their sacrifice and them pouring into me, I wouldn't be able to be here and wouldn't be able to be a Super Bowl champion. So that really just shows like the 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 faith that they had in me. Once I told them what my goal was when I was like five years old, I wanted what I wanted to be in life. They held me to it, and 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 it and it, and it helped me be who I am. Sky, if you state your goal at five. And then the whole support group around you is making sacrifices all these years. And then you get to the big stage, you make a big play, and you win. What's it like to celebrate with those people in that moment? Yeah, that's that's probably the best part, you know, like celebrating with the people that know where you where you came from. And like celebrating with the people that know like what you what it took to get to the moment. And and when I when I got on the, like when the confetti f- fell and I see my mom and my dad like they like I seen them feel like champions that made me feel like ten times better about the whole about my whole process and my whole journey to get to that that moment. I like that. That is cool. One more thought for you. Given the success the team has had and as great as that offense has been in recent years, kind of hard to imagine how or why. Eric Bieniemy continues to get bypassed for head coaching opportunities. Let me ask you, what's it like to play for him? And then what kind of marks do you give him as a, a play caller and a leader? Yeah, I feel like he's just he's just a, a, a great leader. You know, a great leader, uh, somebody who's going to hold you accountable, somebody that's going to push you. And, you know, that, like that's the type of coach that you need to do things that we do. And – he's a big reason on why we win games and why our culture is the way it is, because he's not going to let you slip. He like, sometimes if you, if you put a, put in place like some rules at the beginning of the season, they might not be there at the end of the season. He's the guy that's going to make sure you are who you, who you say you are and you're following the culture day in and day out when you come through the building. Yeah. You know, you just answered my last question. I was going to say, you know, some guys are like brilliant coordinators, but maybe they're just not built to move that one chair over. They're not built to be the guy. Sounds like you think that he is absolutely built to be that guy. Like, how do you think that he would do as a head coach? Oh, for sure. I would, he would, they would definitely, he would definitely do great as a, as a head coach. 
You know, he's gonna he's gonna definitely push you. He's for sure gonna push you, but you you will see a lot of results, a lot of great results as a uh, uh for him being a head coach. He's gotta get the opportunity. Somebody's gotta give it to him first. This guy is a Super Bowl champion. He had a touchdown reception in the Super Bowl. In fact, his first career T D, Sky Moore joining us. Sky, congrats on that. Great to have you on the show. Appreciate you on the conversation. That was fun. Yes, sir. Appreciate you for having me. And what I want to talk about is the absolute brilliance of Jalen Hurts and how he showed up in Super Bowl 57 and really how he showed up all season long. And how he showed up all season long was like a damn boss. And yes, haters, Sunday, he had that one massive mistake, the fumble that Nick Bolton housed, but the dude did what he always does. He flushed it. And he moved on. Take you a deuce. You don't. You don't sit there and look at it. You flush it and move on. We're gonna flush it and move on. What he did was he moved on. He he didn't sit there and look at it on the biggest stage ever, the biggest deuce ever. He flushed it and he moved on. We're gonna flush it and move on. Moved on to do some historic bleep on the world's biggest stage. And yes, I said historic, and quite possibly the best stat line in Super Bowl history. Check this dude's line out. He carried the ball 15 times for 70 yards, a Super Bowl record for a quarterback. He threw for 304 yards in becoming the first quarterback in the history of the Super Bowl to throw for over 300 yards and rush for 70 yards. Nobody had ever done that. He scored three times, the record for any player, regardless of position, he accounted for 20 points, also tying a record for any player, regardless of position. Oh, and he threw for another TD if you need him for that. Again, how's that for data? Take that for data. Flat out historic data. Outside of ripping the Lombardi, I've got to say that was a hell of a way to cap off. Truly one of the more remarkable seasons in the history of the NFL. And yes, I said that too. That remarkable because there is no one anywhere outside of Jalen Hurts who believed coming into 2022 that he could do anything remotely close to what he did. Not in the Super Bowl and not throughout the entire season. Face it, he along with his former teammate in college, Tua, had more pressure and more questions than pretty much anybody in the league going back to September. Honestly, I would say he had even more than Tua. And I said it long before it became a popular narrative in the past few weeks. The Eagles did have the most talented roster, 2 through 53. It pretty much came down to what Jalen Hurts was or was not. I mean, simple. Because frankly, in last year's playoff loss against Bacon 45, my man did not play well at all. At all. But... He did what he always does when faced with adversity. He went to work like he always has. If you know anything about Jalen Hurts, it's that the only thing near his impeccable character is this cat's enormous capacity for work, his grind, his work ethic. He became a better pocket passer to become an even better dual threat. He not only was good enough to get the job done for Philly, he straight up. Because, and by the way, there were a lot of people who thought that he wouldn't be good enough to get the job done for Philly. 
like to be an effective NFL starter. That was the rap. A lot of people thought that. Not only is he that, he is straight up one of the best players in the NFL. He went 14-1 and as their starter. He threw for over 3,700 yards, 22 touchdowns, only six picks, and ran for 760 yards and scored 13 more with his feet. I mean, crazy numbers. Good enough to finish as the runner-up to Patrick Mahomes in the NFL MVP voting. I guess in short, what I'm saying is adversity is Jalen Hurts' bitch. And he owned it again. And now the guy that many felt couldn't even start the NFL is one of the best players in the NFL. He is. And he's on the brink of getting paid like one of the best players in the NFL. To the tune of maybe 50 mil a year. To me, here's the best part, Philly fan. When that Brinks truck does back up to his crib, chances are extremely high he won't even be there to answer the door. The dude will more than likely be at the gym or on the field working to get better or in a dark room studying film. Because as much as he deserves that money, it's not going to ease the sting of having that Lombardi in his hands only to have Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs snatch it from him. If I had as much money as he's about to get, I'd be willing to bet almost every last cent of that money that he will not be affected by it. Other than to have his feet hit the ground every single morning with the mindset that he is going to prove to every last person that he is worth every last dollar. Like, I could not respect this dude any more than I do. And he deserves whatever jack he's about to get. And credit to Jalen Hurts for flushing not only every mistake, but all the hate and overcoming all the doubt and all the skeptics and all the adversity with the best mindset and best attitude ever. This dude is really one of the real ones and one of the better sports stories you're ever going to see. Straight up stud. Straight up winner, even if they didn't finish. And the face of a franchise that essentially every team in the league is looking for, but so few actually have. A true tone setter, a leader, a baller, a grinder, and about all the right stuff. Sirianni's a good coach. And he's going to get better. But, you know, he's that guy with all the look-at-me antics on the sideline. When Jalen Hurts has none of that, but Hurts is running that place. He sets the tone. He's their guy. And I wasn't able to get to that yesterday because, well, they didn't win. And there was this amazing game and a lot to talk about. But I wanted to make sure, and I wanted to get to it yesterday. But because I couldn't, I wanted to make sure to get to it today. Good night now!